0: Purposely, your life, God's purpose. Listen at OnPurposely.com.
1: What I think about God is not necessarily going to change somebody's life, but what is true about God will. And obviously what we can rely on in terms of what's true about God is the Bible, is the Word of God. And so if our songs, as worship songs, as church songs in in our generation, can be filled with Scripture, then we know that we're going to be singing something that's true.
0: Brooke Lidgertwood, so thankful to have such a beautiful conversation with her. And of course, I could listen to her talk forever with her gorgeous accent. This is one of our archived conversations. We did this during the pandemic, but I want you to be able to hear not only what she has to say about her latest children's book that she and her husband co-wrote, and I love the reason why, but also about leading worship and why we sing. Please enjoy this conversation with Brooke Lidgertwood. I'm going to jump right in with my favorite new question to ask songwriters, and I can't wait to hear your response. Why do we
1: sing? Oh, why do we sing? A few reasons, a few main ones. We sing um, because we were made to, um, because it's no accident that our bodies were designed, that when we would open our mouths and project this breath forward, that it would, we could choose to engage these things called vocal cords, which we don't even, you know, we, we do it from when we're babies, so we're not even aware of it. We were born to make sound. Um, and so then uh, when it comes to being a believer in Jesus, when you connect with that redemptive purpose for your life, when you find out that you are here for a reason, then everything that you do, has a reason. Um, My hands, I can move my hands because I can use my hands to pick up something and I can use my hands to comfort somebody, to give somebody a hug. I can use my hands to make food for somebody. I I can use all of this physicality that God's given me. Um, And obviously we all have differing degrees of that, but I I believe all of us can use what we've been given for God's glory and to connect with our purpose and being fulfilled in doing so. So we sing because we were born to sing. And when we sing, um, also music um, is a language that connects people without us giving permission for that to, to happen. Um, so, so music, then the singing. So, when we sing together, um, something else happens. When we sing, we're not just fulfilling our purpose, but we're also connecting with the people that we're singing with. And especially if that's directed to God, then there's something really special um, and powerful that happens, and purposeful when that happens. Yeah. See, I
0: knew that that would just flow out of you. Like- <laughs>
1: That's a very that's a big first question. We're gonna to have to talk about like favorite colours or something well, after the before, <laughs> we,
0: before we started recording, you and I did. We talked about That's
1: true. We were talking about hair.
0: We talked about hair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> tell me a story of when a song like that
1: just rose out of you. It's and I, I I'll tell a story, but I also want to balance it by saying for as many songs as there have been for me as a songwriter that have risen up and that have flowed there's been songs that I've just had to work really really hard on and over a long time and and that's where the that's where honoring God with the discipline comes in and that's where like work is awesome actually like work we're also made to work work is good um so so there's work and then there's songs that feel like gifts and I guess the most recent one of those in my life um, has been a awake my soul from our album last year awake um and I was actually driving to pick up my kids from. Preschool, um, from daycare, um, when that song came out of me in the car. So it's funny. I, I, you know, I set aside these times in my in my schedule to write, but it's often um, in the shower or in the car that something will actually come. And so, yeah, I was picking up my kids from preschool and um, and just you know singing to the Lord on my way, and that melody and those words um, just kind of started to to come out. So I hit my voice memo button on my. Um, on my phone to make sure I didn't lose it, but I was just it just kind of flowed out. And so, yeah, that that those songs are um, very gratitude-inducing because it feels like you didn't you don't deserve those ones. I don't deserve any of them actually. But
0: <laughs> what would I give to have you have your phone near you to see what your
1: latest voice memo is on oh there? Terrific. It sounds it sounds my voice memo sounds so bad. I mean, you, when you're trying to get you know record something on voice memo, you're not worrying about singing well, so it probably sounds like a warbling. Mother cat, my voice memos.
0: Yeah, that's what I hear you often described as Brooke is (laughs) let's talk about so we've talked about the power of singing, but also just the words we choose to sing. You I've even noticed just lyrically the 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 level of scripture and like just theologically accurate lyrics that you pour into your songs you want to talk a little bit about how why that's so important that when we're singing it's more than just uplifting music but that Mm -hmm. it's connecting at that soul level about who god is
1: yeah um it's such a great question i think um i think there's a couple levels to that i think one level is that it's it's a belief i feel like with 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 writing songs for for the congregation or writing songs um to be used by a believer in their devotion and in their worship time. Um, there's there's kind of two things that I guess are um uh, subconsciously I'm holding as I'm as I'm writing. A song or trying to articulate an idea like that. Um, one of them is that what I think about God is not necessarily going to change somebody's life, but what is true about God will. And obviously what we can rely on in terms of what's true about God is the Bible is the word of God. And so if our songs as worship songs, as church songs in, in our generation can be filled with scripture then we know that we're going to be singing something that's true. Um, And even if it's not verbatim scripture, something that is at least ideas that can be evidenced and backed up by scripture. Um, And I guess the other side of that is that we also want to be, be illuminating scripture afresh for new generations by being able to write that in a way that people can understand. So I don't want people to have to, push pause after a line and have to think about it for five minutes to try and figure out what it means and there's the balance of that and then also not oversimplifying things so that you're dumbing things down so there's all of these elements afresh fresh and I feel like we all every single songwriter who is attempting to do that needs absolutely the grace of God to make that happen because um, it's, it's it seems almost like an insurmountable task and <laughs> often feels that way too <laughs>
0: It's almost like you knew how to lead yourself into my next question. When you talk about (laughs) the next generation and the importance of just imparting all of that onto them, look at what we have. So let's talk about this Grammy award-winning song, right? Grammy award-winning?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: And the fact that you and your husband wrote this with your friends Tell me about. I think you guys were just all having dinner together when the idea was brought up. So, just tell me the process of this book.
1: Yes. So um, we wrote it with our dear friends Ben and Carolee Fielding. So Ben and I wrote the song "What a Beautiful Name," and um, the idea for the book really started at my um, youngest daughter, Rooney, was a few months old, and we were reading books to to them, to her, and our elder daughter. And um, we were reading this book somebody had given us, which was based on a pop song. And it was just the lyrics to this little pop song with cute pictures. And um, my husband kind of, shut the book at the end and he said why doesn't this exist for worship songs I think we should make a a, what a beautiful name book and so he started drawing like that night and then it wasn't until months after a couple months after that that we were actually in New York for the Grammys for what a beautiful name with Ben and Carolee and um, the morning after the Grammys we were having breakfast together and Scott shared the idea with them and um, they were really excited about it jumped on board and then originally it was going to be just a lyric book but then Carolee was like what if we made it a story and so then the four of us started writing the story and um, going back and forth over um, I guess it was at least a year and a half kind of bringing down the story and then Scott drawing that whole time and it's his first time you know he well, he has, up to this point, he hasn't been a children's book illustrator. So he was learning, you know, how to illustrate. Well, he was an incredible artist. But I think redrew the whole book five times in different styles to try and land on what felt right for um, this this book. So it, it's been a re- definitely a, a passion project between our two families and really birthed it out of we wanted it for our kids. We wanted a book like that for our kids. There's so, you know, we're avid, as you are, I'm sure, like avid consumers of children's books. We read, reading time with our kids is Part of our routine every day. So um, to have a to have a book that could be a storybook, but place Jesus in there um, and direct and and help kids learn that um, discovering Jesus is actually the greatest be- adventure ever um, was an exciting concept for us.
0: Yeah, the concept of the book. First of all, his illustrations are amazing, and yeah, it is. It's all about an an adventure. Uh, Oliver and Leo, and they yeah they're going on an adventure for the basically that name, that name that lives inside of them somewhere, you know, you've managed to accomplish what all great children's books do, which are when you're reading it as a parent to the child and the child is listening, but then something is happening inside of you. <laughs> as an
1: adult, And then you're like, I'm not crying. You're crying. I definitely, the first time, um, that, that we, we, came upon that line where it says um the most beautiful wonderful powerful part it was the name of the person who lived in his heart like I cried when that I cried when that um when we landed on that line it was yeah so it gets me too
0: (laughs) yeah that it's like your voice cracks a little bit when you read it out loud (laughs) what do you wish you understood about Jesus as a kid
1: I feel grateful that even actually before I knew Jesus, when I was a kid, I thought about him a lot and I hoped that he was having a nice day, (laughs) Um, which is so funny, but I always felt like he liked me. And so I think that I, and I think that that was a, for whatever reason, God wired me that way. And it was a breadcrumb along the path to discovering Jesus for myself. But I I would really love kids to know Jesus likes them. I think they hear a lot that Jesus loves them or some people don't hear that. So uh, first of all, great for them to know Jesus loves them, but that Jesus really likes them because I think, um, he does. (laughs) Um, and that each child, if each child could know how special that they are and that, that they're not just loved, which kind of, I feel like love encompasses things like, like tolerance or, um, endurance, but they're not just loved, but they're liked, that they're enjoyed, that Jesus enjoys them, that God enjoys them. I think I love the idea of kids knowing that.
0: The Passion Meets Purpose podcast is made possible thanks to our friends at Northwest University ensuring a welcoming spirit for you at Northwest University, your tuition remains lower than all other Christian schools in Washington. And NU is all in on tech. They've got a brand new state-of-the-art technology studio and majors include UX design, data science, video production, audio production, and computer science. This is in addition to an already diverse offering of business, nursing, education, sciences, communication, psychology, music, and humanities. Northwest University is a faith-based community. Christ centered in all they do. At Northwest University, your future isn't canceled. It's just beginning. Would you agree that as a parent, if your kids learn best by seeing it mod- something modeled within you, that in order the best way for us to teach our children that Jesus likes them is to show that we believe it for ourselves as adults? 100%. 100%.
1: My kids are three and five now and I just try and share moments with them. Like if we're I, I can think of things where at times where we've been in the car and there's been worship on and I've been moved or I've started crying or I've had a Uh, they've noticed me have a physical response to something and I've shared with them like what's going on. I just feel, I've shared with them, I just, mommy just feels really grateful right now that Jesus has forgiven her for so many things, that so many mistakes that I've made And, and actually just kind of giving them a window into things. One thing Scott and I have been talking about is in our devotional time, obviously him and I do that at different times of the day and usually alone you know, in our rooms where so our kids don't see that. So actually, we've been talking more about actually our kids need to see us reading the Bible. Obviously, we do every day, but they don't see it. So just trying to be, and I think we're trying to be more intentional about letting them into our relationships with Jesus, um, and then and then having conversations with them, and not putting any pressure on them or expectation when we're asking questions of them, but being totally great with where they're at i mean they're three and five so you can you know you know the kind of answers you get from your kids when you ask them about things at this age um so but just really yeah letting them have a a little bit of a, a front row seat to to our own relationships with the lord
0: That makes me think of, uh, it's like you brought back a memory of when I was in high school. And I just remember for a season, I saw my mom's Bible open downstairs on the dining room table and notes everywhere. And that was new. I mean, I threw just observing every morning and knowing, Oh, she'd been up earlier that day. And then I kind of realized, yeah, she was really processing some stuff like in her career and in her life. And she never even talked to me about it, but I remember learning through her never saying a word, wow. but just through the evidence, when she goes through something tough, that's where she goes
1: to process. Wow. I have goosebumps. Yep. Yeah. That's it. How special is that?
0: So you've got Dylan and you've got Rooney. And I've heard you say in interviews before that one of them is a soft, sweet, tender heart. And the other one you've said, these are your words, is savage. Yes, (laughs) yes. So you've got two very different personalities, which Mm -hmm. I would imagine would have two very different parenting styles, but you're still the same parent. So tell me more about yours and Scotty's process of how you ask the Lord to give you insight into who he's creating in either both of those girls, and then how you go about parenting their different personality styles.
1: Yeah. 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 Our kids are three and five, so they're very little, but they're very different. Um, They're best friends, which is the most wondrous and beautiful Um, They love each other so much and they get along so well, which is amazing. Dylan, our five-year-old, she just started school last month. And um, and one thing we talk about with, we just try and we talk about our kids a lot. We're intentional about talking about what do you you think, um, how do you think Dylan's processing this season? What do you think, um, what are the elements of her personality that are going to make some things easy for her and some things a bit more challenging? And so with Dylan, um, who's such a rule keeper and so responsible and a risk taker only if She's calculated the risk and assessed that it's probably likely to be successful um, we know that we have to help her build resilience so we have to allow her to be in some tough situations and not try and shield her from tough things um, and so that's I feel like the hardest bit um, because she's just so soft and beautiful but also if we don't um, allow her to kind of if school is a bit tough and she doesn't want to go to school, she still has to go to school because we can do hard things, you know, things like that. Though she loves school, so that's not a problem. Um, and then Rooney, our youngest, who is just drawn to risk like it's necessary for her survival. She is just, um, we have been to urgent care with that child so <laughs> more times than I could even count. She has swallowed guitar picks. She went through a season where she was um, taking her um, stuffed toys, picking them apart in her crib, putting the stuffing up her nose and inhaling it. So we'd have to go to specialists to get it like removed ENT visits three times. She loves Powerpoints. she loves all the things and even though she's three years old now and is old enough to know that those things are dangerous and she shouldn't pick up things from the ground and put them in her mouth she'll only do it if i'm watching though she so she does it to um to push and get a reaction so with rooney i think it's learning how to channel her powers for good and not for evil and her, <laughs> and her confidence for the building of others not the destruction of others <laughs> But she does have a really sweet sweetheart, but she also just she just loves to push the buttons so she's but she's very entertaining, yeah,
0: oh my goodness, gosh, I feel like i I just want to know so much more about so <laughs> much of that. Tell me about some upcoming projects that you're excited about Yes, well, this
1: week we have um our hillsong worship hillsong united hillsong Young and free album coming out um we really this year um you know obviously we are all. At home, where we are, no travel, no airplanes. Um, and so, and so for us, we've been figuring out what does it look like for us to serve our Church in a different way in the season. We're still we're still supposed to be bringing songs to the church. Our mandate hasn't changed. What does that look like? And for us, we noticed that as obviously shutdown started and we weren't able to gather physically anymore, that there were a lot of songs in the in the services that we started doing in our online services that were older songs. But that these kind of confessions and declarations that it was time to sing some of these again. It was time to remind ourselves again through these confessions and these declarations. And so um, we thought. and and it was honestly this album was a nightmare to make because we were in three different countries three different time zones that some and also some countries had less restrictions than others so we were trying to do a bit more where there was less restrictions would have a plan for the you know recording would be the next day and then the restrictions would change you know there would be so i think the plan changed about five times but what we've ended up with is um something that I am really moved by, which is an album of songs that have existed in the past but completely reimagined um, with new voices and new treatment. And all of us across the world, I, I cried when we saw. I saw the visuals a few days ago because we're all in different parts of the world. We're all separated. These are my best friends, and I haven't seen a lot of them in the flesh now for seven months. But we were together, like leading leading worship and pointing people to jesus and so that moved me because i'm like oh we're we're together we're not (laughs) we're not together physically but we're together on on film together on 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 these on these recordings and so that album is called take heart again so excited thank you so much for your time today
0: thank you thank you so much for having me and great to see you again Thanks to Brooke and her team. Our thanks to Scott Caro, our wonderful producer, and Rebecca Beckett, our content coordinator. And of course, thanks to you for listening. I'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a minute to let you know that just like you and your family, Purposely is also part of a family, the Krista Family of Ministries. Krista helps kids and teens learn and grow in their faith at King's Schools and Miracle Ranch Camp. And Krista shares Jesus with people in the poorest, most remote places through world concern. Krista Senior Living is a community of love and care. And Krista Media is a place of hope on the radio. God is changing lives through these five ministries, and Krista is on mission to share the good news of Jesus. To learn more, visit krista.org.